A Parting The Lowlands, Scotland, Autumn of 1859 The dream returned that night. Flames, the acrid stench of burning flesh. Profound silence shrouded the scene as a black column of smoke billowed up into the grey winter sky to greet the newly falling snow. Sorica knew what came next. The dream appeared with each full moon in an agonizingly painful cadence. Screams split the air, the ear-piercing shrieks of a woman meeting death. From a bird's-eye view, Sarka saw herself stumbling after a black warhorse, her red hair plastered with mud, her white face bruised, and her bloody hands tied securely with a length of coarse rope. The priest astride the horse held the other end. He yanked it. Hard. She fell to her knees, scraping her palms on the rough cobblestones as a mob armed with torches and sticks descended upon her. Manure and rotten vegetables rained down from above. She lay where she fell, too exhausted, too numb to feel as a flurry of snowflakes swirled before her eyes. The priest pulled the rope again, intoning a prayer, his words whipping the crowd into a frenzy. Sorica awoke with a gasp. Sitting bolt upright, she stared blankly at her surroundings. A simple croft, sparsely furnished. "'Tis the dream, lass?' a woman's soothing voice queried. Memory returned in a rush. Heather House. She was safe, hidden deep in the forest bordering the windswept moors. Sorica drew a long, steadying breath. "'I—' "'Twas the dream,' she admitted, scrambling to her knees. "'There would be no more sleep this night.' "'Twisting her long auburn locks into a loose braid, "'she began rolling her straw pallet, and added briskly, "'I'll see to the goats, Christine. "'Don is not far off.' "'Leave the goats be, Sarka,' Christine ordered softly. "'We must speak.' "'The curiously sad undertone threading her words made Sarka pause.' Christine stood by her bed, a gentle middle-aged woman with shoulders bowed as if sagging under a weight too heavy to bear. Her silver-blue eyes brimmed with sorrow, and her smile, though warm, held more than a full measure of pain. "'My heart is heavy, child,' she murmured, moving forward. "'The day has come.' Slowly, Sorica rose to her feet. "'You're such a wee, slight creature, with more fairy blood than aught else,' the woman whispered, tears escaping from her eyes. "'But ye've strength enough. Aye, ye must leave Heather House, at once.' "'Leave!' Sorica repeated, her voice catching in surprise. Heather House was her home, a sanctuary from the chaos of the outside world. Years ago she'd fled the Montgomery raids with her mother— the same raids that had killed her father, Brogan Cunningham, a man she only vaguely remembered. Heartbroken, they'd stumbled across the moors and into the woodlands, discovering the glen with its ancient stones circling an even older willow, and, following a small burn, they crossed the stone bridge that led to Heather House. The wise woman, Christine, had welcomed them with a ready smile and kind words that soothed their pain. They'd never left. "'Leave,' Sorica said again, willing the frantic beating of her heart to slow. "'The stones called me here. You said it yourself, and many a time. 
Indeed, Christine granted, pausing before the table laden with bundled herbs ready for market. The moment I saw ye, twas clear ye possessed the second sight, lass. Tis in the eyes. She fluttered her fingers at her own unusual ringed eyes, eyes identical to Sorka's own. A silver ring circling the pupil, followed with a band of deep sea blue and ending with an outer edge of violet. Uncommon eyes. The mark of the second sight. As Sorica joined her at the table, the wise woman reached out to cup her cheek with a steady hand. My dreams tell me that ye have to go, lass. Tis time to see the curse hanging over your head undone, lest it spell ye for eternity.'